Philip, is that you? Radio. Yes, but the music. Okay. I'm waiting for him. I stroll through the picture. What I've left behind. You want to get. I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you have done Good evening and welcome to Style Child Whoa, Stop Child Abuse Now Show that's scan number thirty two thirty seven. Stop Child Abuse Now Scan Show. Okay, listen here. Um I wasn't supposed to uh, be on here tonight, but I'm glad I'm here. And we're waiting for uh, Reverend Hank McGrath to come on, and I do hope he does come on. However, if he does not, um, then we'll have a topic tonight. First of all, I am Carol Levine. I am Vice President of NASCAR. And um, so we have a, a good show tonight to come forth with. I have Philip with me and hoping other people will call in. The telephone number here, by the way, is 646-595-2118. That's 646-595-2118. Now, if you want to call in and just listen, that's fine, okay? Or you can call that number and hit the number one, and you can be a part of the panel. Um, So I want to read the mission statement to you, and uh, then we'll go from there. Okay. We have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And like I always say, it does. Number two, offering hope for healing through hum, uh, numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. So you have those three right there, prevention, intervention, and recovery. Now, I speak an awful lot about prevention, and there's a good reason for it. If people would become more involved and and have a better understanding of what child abuse does to a child, okay, what it actually does to a child, how it affects their psyche, how it affects their their physical health, mental, physical, emotional, the whole nine yards of what we feel, okay, is affected. That's affected. 
And what we need to do is, as a society, realize um, just how important it is. You see kids out on the street, they're acting like juvenile delinquents, they're doing this, they're doing that. Um, a lot of kids are getting uh, pregnant, a lot of getting abortions. All these things are going on in our society today. And uh, the reason being many times is if they came from a home that was more stable, I'm going to put it that way, more stable, um, chances are they wouldn't be getting into so much trouble, okay? They don't have any role models, kids today. They just simply don't. And and that, too, is, is a problem. So as long as our children, you know, are neglected at home or maybe they're being physically or sexually abused, whatever the abuse might be, they're going to have major problems because our country is not actually taking care of our children. And all these crazy things are going into the school system, which I'm not going to get into because we all know what that is, okay? So therefore, then the kids are just mixed up. They're mixed up on top of it all. I used to work in Juvie Detention Center, and uh, I had a girl there who was eight years old. She was the youngest, and um, her daddy was teaching her to be a safe cracker. Yes, he was. And that may sound silly because, see, he was a maintenance man, and he knew where the safes were. And uh, he taught her because if she got caught, she'd only go to Juvie, whereas if he got caught, he'd go to jail, wouldn't he? Possibly prison. So you see, when kids are brought up in a, in a background like that, similar to that, it can be anything, they're taught to do all kinds of bad things, um, they can grow up with all kinds of problems. Children can be manipulated to do just about anything, and that's unfortunate. They don't know any better. And then they grow up with all kinds of problems where they have, um, you know, they think of themselves as being bad, stupid, ugly, especially if they get caught doing things. And uh, they just don't have anything to work with. And before you know it, you have a kid who doesn't get help. Parents won't get them help. And they end up in detention. They don't get help there either. I used to work there, I know. So then, you know, they end up out on the streets. They end up committing all kinds of crimes. And this is crimes against children. Crimes against children. I used to work over at the uh, university. I taught a lot of classes. And I also uh, was a part of Crime Victims Week. That was for a whole week long, seven days. And it had all different types of classes where people could go and learn, you know, things on the outside. And we called the Crime Victims Week for a, uh, for a reason. If children don't come from homes where they're directed in the right direction, they don't have good parents, maybe the parents are alcoholics, maybe they're drug addicts, it could be a whole list of things that the parents are. And maybe they're doing drugs in front of the kids. Well, a lot of times the kids grow up and they become like mommy and daddy. That's what happens. Okay? So when you see kids... And don't start judging them because you don't know where they came from, okay? Because I've worked the system and because I had such a rotten life when I was a kid, I get it, all right? Now, that doesn't mean I'm a bleeding heart, okay? Um, When children are doing wrong, we have to show them that they're doing wrong and tell them why. Very, very, very important. Um, if they don't have direction from home, they have to get it from somewhere. 
Now, we the survivors are the best people to speak to kids, to parents, whichever you want to choose, about the good, and as I always say, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we have to teach them and teach them right. So if it's not coming from home and it's not coming from school, it's got to come from somewhere. And I think that's where community can do so much for children. It's not something you can put together overnight, but I do know of organizations that do work with children, and and that's a good thing because at least they have something. The guardian angels are one, okay, all throughout the country. Actually, I think they're all throughout the world. I'm not following them right this second, but, yeah, yeah, they've spread everywhere. So if they... If they don't have anyone to turn to at home, which is so often the case, they can turn to them. They can. And a lot of them certainly will help them. They'll take them on and they'll talk to them and explain things to them. And before you know it, they're a junior angel, guardian angel, whatever. (laughs) I've seen them in action. So we do have the guardian angels. And then you have other groups, um, what are they, Crime Watch and so forth. We have other things like that. Who do work with the guardian angels, they all work together, and that's a good thing. So I did, I'm just saying and speaking to you this way tonight for a reason, because look at what I see on the TV. Now, you can talk about all the things, any way you want, about what we see on the TV, but you see kids who are totally off the wall. And the children are supposed to be our future. That's one thing our, our, you know, Bill always says. He's our president. The children are supposed to be our future. If they don't have a future, and they're not going to have a future, unless they straighten out and they learn right from wrong. It's as simple as that. And who are they going to go to? They can't go home and say, hey, teach me right from wrong. Because the parents either don't care or they don't know right from wrong themselves. It can be generational. It absolutely can. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. And, again, with community, um, if they would get more involved with kids, if you know some kid down the street who's being beaten, for God's sake, make a phone call. It used to be that only the professionals, okay, counselors like myself or, or doctors or um, dentists even, dentists. <laughs> that was the latest one I heard of. It was a dentist. Um, if they know that a child is being neglected or abused, they should make that phone call, all right, to help that child. Now everyone can be a mandated reporter. It's just that they're put in a little different category because they're not a doctor, they're not a teacher, they're not um, whomever, all right, uh, considered to be those who are professional. Um, it's all of us that have to help make this difference. And it starts at home and it starts in the community. Now, if more people would learn about child abuse, they could come right to our, our NASCA website, that's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, NASCA dot org. And if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see red blocks, as I call it, going across the, the screen. And go over to the right-hand side to the second block, because that's all about prevention, intervention, and recovery, which is what our mission statement is all about. Okay? 
So you can learn all different kinds of things right from the website if you know how to do it, if you know how to use it, and also, too, if you have the desire to be a good parent. Today it's not good enough just to teach your child to cross the street or, or not speak to you know, strangers because of all the things that are going around in our country and in our world, okay? You have to teach the kids what to watch out for. And believe me, uh, there's a lot of kids uh, wishes, uh, had wished that their parents had spoken to them in that manner. You're doing them a disservice if you don't help them. So tonight what I want to talk about, a little bit on a different subject, but uh, still in all, something that we need to learn about. Because I'm the night owl. I get all kinds of strange phone calls in the AM. And um, I'm getting people who are having triggers. Philip, do you have triggers of any type? Yes. Okay. Certain types of music. Well, you know what? I think all we survivors, I don't care what level of, of uh, you know, where we are in our healing journey, there are certain things that can absolutely trigger us. Now, I have an article here, and it says what can cause a trigger, and it could be smells, sounds, tastes, or forms of touch, and some comments that people make, and sometimes they don't mean to make it, but they make it, and it can trigger a person. Well, I don't know about you, but if I get triggered, I either go numb, okay, or um, I actually, my heart will be faster and I'll, I'll get kind of nervous and filled with anxiety. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. All these years later, after all the abuses stopped, I can still get that, all right? And and that's a, it's not a good feeling. Well, when you're forced with danger, your body gets ready to, yes, flight, flee or freeze now I just said I got numb and that, that's a, a form of freezing because that's what I can do um, and that's probably not a good idea your heart beats faster right while triggers are usually harmless they cause your body to react as if it is in danger I can relate to that can you relate to that um, if I have a trigger Oh, well, I have anxiety at night, so that's when I take hydroxyzine. Right, okay. But you you feel like you're in danger. You can, absolutely. You know, like your your body reacts to it. Yeah, it's, it's a bad feeling. It really is. I don't like it. Okay. Um, seeing a person related to trauma may be off and, and start you off with PTSD reactions. And that can happen, absolutely. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, when I was taken back to a place where I was kidnapped and raped in New York in Staten Island, um, right after I showed the cops where it happened, okay, the place where it happened, right after I did that, um, I started to develop panic attacks. Now, I didn't have them before. And I had been in all kinds of bad situations, seen all kinds of domestic violence, blood flying. Always a wildlife. <laughs> okay, that's, that's why I wrote my book. But even before that, you know, I mean, sexual abuse, it all started at a very early age with me. So by the time I was a big whopping eight and a half, I guess I was, when it happened, um, I already knew what sex was. 
I already knew that I was going to be raped because it already happened, okay? So somehow, though, going to where I was kidnapped and raped um, set me into panic mode, and I totally lost my sense of direction, okay? Um, So those two things happened to me. When I say I lost my sense of direction, Philip, I'm talking about Um, maybe going 10 miles in one direction where I I knew where I was before, but then all of a sudden I couldn't get there. That type of losing your sense of direction. I had nothing. It was was wild and actually has uh, gotten in the way of my life because I did go for help. Yes, I did. And nobody could fix that. Because what happens to us when we get abused or we get so frightened, we go through such a traumatic situation like getting kidnapped and raped, um, it does something to your mind, and it's going to affect you one way or another. And the only thing that I did get over with all of that panic disorder, because it then turns into a disorder when it becomes a part of your life. Some people won't leave the house. We've heard about that many times. Um, some people don't like stores. I didn't like stores. If I caught you know, people looking at me, I, I'd uh, have a panic attack right in the store. I hated it. All right? Um, there was no way of getting around it. I didn't like doing certain things, and so I would keep myself from doing certain things. And if that meant staying in the house rather than going and doing whatever that might be, um, I didn't care because I was so afraid that I would have a panic attack. When you have a panic attack, your heart beats really fast, like it speaks about here, and you just go into terrible panic mode, and it's like somebody has a 45 against your head. <laughs> you start to sweat, all right, profusely. Your heart beats like a maniac. And what happens is if you have them for years, your heart beating like a maniac, it can cause problems with your heart. I have a little bit of heart problem. Now, I used to drink and and pop pills and and all kinds of stuff um, to try and control those panic attacks and, and just plain to numb out my life. Did you ever, like, get into drugs and alcohol and that stuff? Did you ever do that? You got into alcohol? And marijuana. Okay. Seems like we get into something. There's only a few people. We have a 518 number, but I'm going to finish my sentence. There's only a few people, all right, who um, don't do something. They can become a perfectionist. It's nice to be a perfectionist. But if you take it too far, then that's not normal either, Okay. Um, or they might do other things that are self-destructive. This is what we do many times, put ourselves even in dangerous situations, driving too fast, okay, drinking and drugging, um, things like that. Let me see who this 518 number is here. Hi, this is Carol Levine from the Stop Child Abuse Now Show. Who am I speaking to? Uh, this is Hammer and Hank. I'm drinking and driving right now. Oh, you are, are you? Well, you know, you shouldn't do that. Should I stop you and pull you over? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I'm driving a cop car, so who would stop a cop car, right? 
well, I don't know. If you're a cop car driver, you shouldn't be drinking and driving. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, but whatever. Yeah, um, I was wondering why you weren't here. So I started to do a show on, um, you know, on triggers and stuff like that because it's important. A lot. I get these AM calls on the night owl, and uh, a lot of people talk to me about, you know, their triggers and what causes them and how many times we self-medicate because of it, because that's what I did, and I'm sure I'm not alone, all right? I have your bio in front of me. Are you going to, like, pull over so we can talk? What are you doing? Oh, no, no. You could just keep talking. I'm not really driving. Oh, okay. I already got back. <laughs> I just got back, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, okay. Well, I'd like to talk about some of the things. I'd like to bring it out because I'd like, uh, you know, Philip to hear it and, and our, our listening audience as well. I can talk about triggers until I'm blue in the face any night. But um, I do think she's supposed to be the co-host tonight. I'd like to bring you on then, is that? But um, let me just finish this one little thing here. Um, the way you thought and felt during the traumatic event, scared, helpless, stressed, could cause symptoms of PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder, of course, you know that. We all know that. We are survivors. But it does ruin your life. It can if you don't get the proper help. And as a child, I had no help, so I had to find other ways of uh, numbing myself out. So I chose to uh, drink and pop pills. My friends chose heroin. A couple of them died, and they did die in front of me, two of them. That was not a pretty sight. They foamed at the mouth, all right? And I had to leave because the police were coming, okay? <laughs> so I had to, like, run down that street, man, because I didn't want to get caught up in that. And I was so drunk, and I didn't want to get caught being drunk either and popping pills, so I had to get out of the area, okay? But this is what we go through so often when we are abused at home. And I was telling Philip that my abuse started actually at the age of six, and by the time it was, I was almost nine in New York, living in Staten Island, I got kidnapped and raped there. And then I developed panic attacks. And, and I could not get rid of these panic attacks. And I was telling him how it affected my life in a very negative way. And when this happens, then it becomes called a disorder. Okay, it is then a disorder because it is affecting your life. And, and that's so, so important for people to understand. Now, I got over my panic attacks myself. I don't know if too many people have done that, but I'm going to sort of like tell you without being nasty how I did it. Um, I was in a store, and this guy was looking at me. That's nice. But then panic hit me. And I could feel myself sweating. My heart was pounding. Um, I had no control over myself. I mean, I was just like, um, like some I said before, like a 45 was at my head. That's how you feel when you have a full-blown panic attack, okay? And uh, he looked at me because then I realized he could see that I was having all of these things. He could see it. And uh, I left the store. I had to get out of there. Now, that's a terrible way to live, Okay. And I seem to have more problems in stores for whatever reason. I don't know why. can't answer that. But I finally got so mad at my panic attack, the next one that I had, 
I say all kinds of words, won't say it on air. I said it in my head, I didn't say it out loud, don't worry. And evidently that feeling of frustration and disgust of having this and having it ruining my life, so I got so mad that I actually was able to help myself stop having it. By the time I did it three times that way when they came on, they were gone. So some people say mind over matter. Maybe they're right. I just got so mad at them. I did not want them to ruin, because that's what it was doing, ruining or rule my life. Believe me, I would not be on this radio show for 13 years, even talking just on a phone. I would not go in and do all kinds of presentations like I've done at several different universities. I wouldn't be able to. So I got over all that stuff. I think if people try a little harder, you know, um, to get over whatever it is they're, they're suffering from, if they look at it, okay, it was never our fault what happened, never our fault. Um, I don't care if uh, you thought you were enjoying it because, like I've said before quite a few times on air because it's the truth, God made our body in such a way that if we are, you know, stimulated, we're going to enjoy the feeling. That can happen. It doesn't always happen, but it can happen. And that's not our fault either. You see, we were the victim at that time. So therefore, we went through all different types of things in our life, and we went through all different types of experiences, things that we went through that wasn't because we were bad people. It was because we went through hell. We walked through the fires of hell, all right? We actually did. Now, what we can do, the good news is, is we can heal. We absolutely can heal. If we find a good therapist, um, I was in a church group, I had 200 people in it, and um, that's a big <laughs> church group, prayer group, and um, they came from all walk, walks of life. And they looked at me and said, you're a mess. And I said, yes, I am, because <laughs> I was, okay. I, I knew how I felt inside, the self-hatred, um, the fear factor, which always came back at times, not in the form of panic, but more just plain self-hatred, you know. And um, they started to counsel me because they were counselors. And I did that for about two and a half years, I guess it was, and then I started working in the social service field to help me, to help me get in. And then I became a counselor, because that's what I do. And so today I'm a totally different person. I, I came out of all of that ugliness that I was going through because of lack of love at home, no guidance, incest. It was okay if my brother touched me. Um, I told my mother, and she says, that happens in families, and that was the end of that. So I didn't bother telling her anymore. And then he openly raped me at the age of 14. And then I had other things happen in my life. And I had things happen so before my life, before the age of 14, which I've already spoken about, when I lived in New York. So all these things can cause all different kinds of of people to have problems. And it all stems back 
two things, yes, what kind of person we are, if we even know ourselves, but also, two, what type of life we had. If we have a dysfunctional family, which I certainly have, we all do on this show, if you had dysfunctional people in your household not teaching you right from wrong and why, why it's right or why it's wrong, then you're going to be a kid who's going to grow up and you're going to have many, many problems. And it wasn't your fault. I had a CPS worker tell me that in New York. And I thank God for that CPS worker because she was a good one. Okay? She was a good one. So once in a while you do come across good, you know, CPS workers and other organizations. I like CPS the better. So that's what we were talking about. and But I want to ask you some questions here, if you don't mind, Hank, okay? Um, I see I have your bio in front of me. So you came from a terrible, dysfunctional home as well, like so many of us have, okay? And you're from New York also. You know, what was that, Caroga? That's upstate New York, is that correct? Where you were born? Uh, that's Troy, New York. South Troy. Oh, that's South that's Troy. By the okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was born in Pearl River, and then we moved to Staten Island. So New York upstate, and then in, into Staten Island. But anyway, um, it says here that at 11 years old you were hustling to survive. You're, both parents were alcoholics, right? I had far too much alcohol in my family. I get it. Um, so at the age of 11, you were hustling to survive, so you ran away from home. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you ended up in Pittsburgh, PA, with bookies and pimps and prostitutes. What exactly, what, what, what part did you play in that? I'm curious. At the age <laughs> of 11. You were only 11 years old. What did you do? <laughs> I, I wasn't alone. Uh, when it gets dark, little kids come out of the, the hallways and the tops of buildings and different places. They still do today. They live mm-hmm. on the streets, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's just the way it was. I don't <coughs> – I have a, a very awkward angle uh, insight about everything because, see mm-hmm. – <clears throat> Especially shining in today's society. How you doing, Philip? Um, especially shining in today's society. Uh, the quality of human beings. Um, I don't see anything that I went through um, as uh, bad. <laughs> it's what I went through. It, that was my life. Um, and long after I'm gone. Millions of children will be that way. Um, yeah. Again, because of the quality of society we have today, the leadership, the, uh, you know, everyone is so evil and no fucking good, you know, human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, our character is so flawed. And, and now today, everybody runs around, especially. That's the, the only trigger I got is people that talk about circus, girl, you know, because you got so many people now. Who are all triggered? They're all so messed up. Uh, they suffer so much abuse 
all it is is they had an argument or debate with somebody. But all of that tore apart their entire life. We are, it's like an atomic bomb hit. The quality of human beings today are completely distrustful. They're against the family structure. They're against everything that we, we seek in order to properly heal, if that's what you could call it. I could never heal from everything. Um, and I don't have triggers. If I did, everybody in my path would be dead, you know? And instead, <laughs> I just have, I have an outlook that kept me alive, and it developed, and it was from the soul, you know, uh, I, I'm going to say. And uh, this outlook just kept growing wiser and wiser through everything I was going through. Um, but what we pursue today is considered no good by the by the mass majority of the populace mm-hmm. of the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With family, you know, husband and wife, uh, uh, children, and, and uh, you know, advising them what to do. The whole concept, you lived an entire lifetime hoping for the day that you would have finally a balanced morals and principles, and it don't fit. It just simply doesn't fit. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. No. No. So, anyways, uh, mine is just a, a, a story to tell to reveal the lives of others, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, Carol, it's, it's what we got. That's what I got. You know, even though I'm an Irishman, I can't bullshit enough because my stories, uh, I have to actually hold stuff back and not tell certain things. You, you understand what I mean, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My life is so action-packed, I ain't got time for triggers. There'd be a knock on the door, I open up the door, somebody's shooting a gun next to my head. Uh, I have yeah. no time for triggers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My yeah. life was triggered by a set of incidents that just kept like dominoes. There was never any period of rescue. And and I'm saying today, it's the same for the little children that are out there. Everybody isn't sleeping nicely, you know, in a nice warm bed or hugged in the bosom of their mother right now. You've got thousands of loose children running around right now as it's getting dark, right now on the East Coast here, running all around the city, hustling, stealing, uh, doing everything they can to make a buck. And at that time, uh, uh, I actually worked for pimps and prostitutes. I didn't realize it. And worked for a bookie. I didn't realize it. You know what I mean? But these yes, people took advantage of the fact that I was out there. No, they did not victimize me. They took advantage of the fact that I was stuck out there like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. most most prostitutes were victims of something, even though they don't want to think that way. All right. right. Mm-hmm. Most pimps were, were the victim, especially if they were African American, because what the f else could they do during the this oh, period? We're talking about the sixties and seventies. You know, you know yes, what I mean? Ed, there you go. You just answered my question because you see, yes, during that time. We may be close in age. I think I'm older than you. Everybody's younger than me. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> but the point is this. During the 60s yeah. and, the, and the 50s, I guess, in the 60s, yeah, they they had a different way of living because uh, they oh, were accepted. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. true. So they would turn yeah. then to crime, uh, absolutely, just to, to live, to survive. Um, children who have horrible home lives like myself and Philip and, and, and everybody else that's probably on this show, we too go out in the streets. I, I was out in the streets. I ran away. I had to. I had to, and I, I did stealing because I need I needed clothes and I need <laughs> I needed food. But but you didn't do. You have you ever turned your pockets inside out, girl? Yes, right. And you right? said you ever you ever pull your pockets out and there's lint and whatever, right? Of course, of course. Well, that's exactly what the government did because we sit back and that's all they do up there. They're sham artists. They're thieves. They run OTB. They run gambling. They run it all. They're mobsters. It really is bad. Humanity is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not on a path. Now and then you can go from place to place and meet a little group or who are all tamed that night. You, you know what I mean? So they're all they're gathering. or the, Like we had the hippies, you know? We mm-hmm. need more of that kind of stuff today is the hippie kind of. You know, communes, you can go visit, you know, not stay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certain rules. When you talk about triggers, let's try some inside-out stuff. There was rules in my head never to trust someone. These were developed from impulses, all right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that saved me a lot. You know what I mean? I never mm-hmm. trusted anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if the person was a good person and had good intent. Well, who knows? Because I would never know because I never trusted anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually kept me alive. Um, there's, we're built for that. Human beings are built for exactly what the little children or, or the, the raped women are going through. Innate in our characteristic to survive. If it isn't, you know, and you have some frailties where you can't survive. Well, you know, we've all lost loved ones. It's just the way of the world. But there's many of us that can survive immense shit. And that's shown simply when you have a child and the child first tries to walk. And they keep falling and they keep falling and they keep falling. We're made for that, to survive, you know? <laughs> so we're no different than the animals and the wolves. Uh, the coyotes and, you know, that black cat nobody wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're made to survive. You there, Philip? Yes, I'm here. He's here. Right, He's right. here. He's listening. So, okay, yeah. it's a, it's a, we are, we, we should have, let me put it that way, <laughs> a survivor, you know, type of instinct. I mean, we should have that within ourselves. But sometimes, sometimes we get so broken, we get so broken because of the uh, what we're going through in life and we can't handle it. And uh, I do understand, you know, like, okay, being out in the street, I had to steal to, to get clothing, and which, and by the way, they were millionaires. <laughs> My mother and stepfather, they were millionaires. Terrible. But um, that's another story. But anyway, the point is... Um, we ha- we do what we have to do. Now this is what happens, just to put it bluntly. Because quite frankly, sometimes we have to, you know, behave a certain way, and, and just so we can eat and all this other stuff. Now 
I was not a prostitute. Uh, when I went out in the street, I was lucky because the people who were out on the street looked at me like a little sister because I started running away at an early age. And they took me under their wing. They did that. And they would not let me, you know, they would not let me do heroin, which was very popular back then for certain. And um, as far as the drinking and the popping of the pills, they didn't seem to think that that was too bad. So they didn't stop me from doing that. I was doing quaaludes, okay, and um, and drinking. Now, our heart is a muscle. And, you know, if you keep pumping your body full of stuff like that, just like any other muscle in your body, uh, the heart is going to seize, okay? So there was a couple times that I had done too much because I see here you had some near-death uh, situations. I can remember looking back that there were a couple nights where I just playing OD on on the uh, on the drinking and the popping the pills, and so I, you know I woke up. Hey, that's what happened. I know not to do that again. I did have a little sensibility about me. Okay, you were able to get codeine cough medicine, the codeine AC or something, and and uh, anybody could get it in those days. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I used, to, I used to drink it. I used to drink it, literally. There you go. So with me, I drank, I tried to drink it, <laughs> okay? It didn't go down smoothly like my beer, all right? So I, I tried to drink it, and for some reason, my, my throat, like, closed up or something. It was really weird, and I couldn't breathe right, so I never did that again. See, I didn't at that time. I didn't want to die. I had that survivor instinct, which is what you were talking about, okay? And so that meant that I had to eat, I had to get my clothing. Okay, I didn't have to drink and pop pills, but that just made me feel better, so I thought. And um, I didn't do heroin because I was scared of it. And I'm thankful I was scared of it. And they wouldn't let me anyway, which is just as well. All right, they did it. I used to sit there and watch them, you know, do it. And marks all over their arms, some in the neck, because, and even down in the legs, and you know, um, wherever there was a vein that wasn't collapsed. This is how bad they were. They were doing like five, six, eight bags a day, for God's sake. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I've been there. I've been on the streets. I understand it. I know what it's like to have the pavement under my head and just roll up a, a, a sweater, you know, that I had and, and use that as a pillow. I get it. But see, 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 we all have different insights. Not everybody has the same insight. And mine now is quite similar as it was then. It's just a matter of survival, where I, I, I actually felt free mm-hmm. um, from the particular kind of suffering that was the wrong kind. And now I'm in the world kind of suffering where anything could happen. And that was a better feeling <laughs> than I get it. Mm-hmm. to be sleeping at home and all of a sudden attacked when you're sound asleep, you know, right. or something like that, you know. Um, and I don't see it as I was a victim. Because what else was I supposed to be, Carol? I am who I am. I came from where I came from. And I became a pirate, a radical, a revolutionary, all kinds of things. I've had so many hats and so many lives that uh, uh, 
sometimes, you know, people tell me that they uh, uh, they feel bad that they didn't have uh, my life, you know? Um, I've had all oh, the adventures you can have on TV. Okay, oh, hold on a second here. Let's movies. look at that. Let, 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 <laughs> let's look at that for a second. Um, you call it, you look at it as an adventure. Um, I looked at it as a necessity and also, too, as a horror because I was smart enough to know um, a good family from a bad family. And I used to be one of those kids that used to look at people, you know, and see how they lived. And I remember seeing families that I thought, you know, um, were wonderful people and the children were happy, like uh, like the Brady Bunch or whatever, which ones you want to call them, okay? They all, everything seemed to be together. And I would envy those people. I would envy them. See, I, because I, I didn't have that. No, I did. Yeah, I, I, wanted I didn't to be have like that. Them. I never yeah. begrudged anyone for having more than me, and there was... I don't can't imagine me ever wanting to be someone else. So you see, we we our character mold sometimes has genetics in it, a big influence, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, as years went on, it turned out that I was living almost a replica lifestyle of other family members from another country, you know, from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just born radicals and revolutionaries. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see it as an adventure. I'm looking down at it now as an adventure. Okay. You see, I wasn't a yeah. victim because what the hell else was I supposed to be? It's all I have. Is anybody catching what I'm saying? It's all I yeah, have. I'm, 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 I'm not going I wasn't a I'm victim. Thinking. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's. It's. Well, if you don't have women stuff, if you let, let let me say something. If you don't have anything to. I didn't call in to, to psychoanalyze myself. I'm I'm saying directly already what it is. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle that millions of children suffer today. Now, what is the government and everyone else going to do? Are they going to keep crying about what they're suffering, or are they going to go out there and make a difference? You know? And there's <laughs> only one difference to make. It's compel, by all means necessary, with the same revolutionary concept that the blacks had to, to get equal rights and civil rights, the same kind of revolutionary concepts that Washington had and Jefferson had, that's what we need to fight for the rights of children. And that doesn't exist here because nobody even wants children. You know, it's so the number, I can say nobody even wants children because the number's that small. Nobody has the concept of a true family structure. You know, Mm -hmm. they they really don't want to push this. Our, our governments don't want to push this, don't even want to talk about child sex slavery. They don't even want to have a conversation. So this ain't a complaint. This is reality. What can all of us do to make that difference? Because that's the only way we're going to make difference with our own personal lives, if you feel like you're a victim. You know, just because the moment you breathe and something happens to you, you're not a victim. To sit back and say, family should have done this, or my parents were alcoholic. I don't know what the fucking alcoholic was. Every parent drank back then. So, no. You see, that that is, becomes like a catch-all. All the things were happening to me because my parents were alcoholic. No, they drank. They probably did drugs, too. 
There's okay, well, where you, you don't know as a little let kid. Me, let me stop you for a second. Hold on a second, okay? Because I came from an alcohol family, too, on both sides. And I found yeah, out well, the other side wasn't really my maybe, family. But wait a minute. There was a lot of Drinking violence. was normal. Drinking was, was normal. It, it may not have been the cause of any of this. It's people mm-hmm. drinking amplifies your behavior. Yeah, the, well, the well, hold on a second. What were you thinking, though? Let's go back a little bit. When you saw your parents, you know, always drinking, were they fighting too? Was there all kinds of things going on in the house? Or were they I don't know any. I don't know any family that that wasn't. What fighting? <laughs> yeah, I come from a immigrant and an Irish neighborhood. Uh, I don't know right. any family that wasn't. And so it became I like a norm don't. to you. It I'm, became like I'm normal. Six, yeah, I'm 65 and still don't know any family that doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. They're doing something. Everybody is doing something behind the wall. You know? But, see, that's none of our fucking business. It's the human character. It's the quality of humanity. <laughs> that's what has them strike out at children. You can't teach them not to. You got to teach a new kind of family structure concept. A proper, what would be considered proper in accordance with nature and the flow of nature, you know? (laughs) With parents and children and, you know, uh, being nurturing and stuff like that has to be taught. See? Our parents were victims too. Okay, well, of course, Everybody's a lot of times it, it, it runs through the family. Yeah. That's right. But you yes. said something. Let me let me point out something that you said, okay, and that I said also. Um, back in the days of the, the hippies, okay, we need to be more like that with the, the, the love children, okay, all this other stuff, the flower children <laughs> and all that. And they had a certain concept um, but also, too, during that time, I do believe, I do believe, because I was born a little bit before you, okay, because I saw a lot more. I do. At one time, families <laughs> did care more about their children, okay? Yeah. They did care. And and they showed that they cared. They weren't ashamed to put their arms around them and give them a hug and all that sort of stuff and teach them. That still exists today, but we're talking about the majority. And, see, it's the same with politics and everything else. The majority mm-hmm. are sheep. My concept is different than your, Carol. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You think you've, you've gone through more than I have or whatever. Uh, that, that's just a concept you have. All right? Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. people, well, I don't think I, there's anybody alive that I know that survived what I went through. Um, most people um, wouldn't survive. They'd be considered insane, et cetera, right? Because uh, we're we're talking about the system abuse. We're talking about other kinds of abuse, Mm -hmm. parts of the books I haven't got to yet, all right? Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of what makes me today. I'm not some guy that comes forward going, hey, I was abused when I was little, and it's because my parents were, you know, alcoholics. We all came from bad. Human beings just come from bad. That's in the Bible. I mean, even, you know, the apple and the Adam and Eve and all that kind of studies, you know? Mm-hmm. There is no perfect family. There is no nice family where everything is totally nice. 
I peeked in the windows. I've watched. I've studied. I've seen. I intermingled. I, there is none. And, and today, I've, I've never seen more greater struggle to even stay together or raise children without the government controlling it all. So there can't be two parents and whatever, stuff like that. So if people want to heal, they have to fight for the concept of bettering humanity and That's developing right. a positive family structure. Right. And, and I agree with that. You know, if they got problems because they want to go have a drink or whatever, well, that's on them. You know, you want to have a drink, maybe it'll have you figure out, you know, some answers. All these things that we think are victimizing us, we kind of leave ourselves vulnerable to that concept of victimization. Like, we're one big victim. No, we're not. No. We're soldiers. We well, learn what we learn. we heal. Yes, yes. Now stop that. I, hold, now hold I on can't a speak. I can't yeah, speak yes, for a woman. Can. No, no, I can't. I can't speak second. for a woman. Let me say something. I was in charge of. Hold it. I was in charge of my life. I want to bring forth something that you said. I want to bring forth something that you said. Thirteen, fourteen. Okay, hold on. I was in okay. charge of myself at twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Nothing has yes. ever changed. Nothing has ever changed, and now I'm 65. I'm still in charge of myself. We are in charge of ourselves, and we are not to remain victims. We do not let the past define who we are today. This is what we we teach right here on NASCAR. But I do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know in regards to that. We are defining ourselves Mm -hmm. from the past. We speak about the past to help those who are new on their healing journeys, we call oh, it. That's here. where I came from. That's where I came from. If they're still healing, my God, just go get healed. You know what I mean? It's like go get a pair of shoes that don't cause any problem anymore. All right? Or getting a new woman that doesn't, you know, give you a heart attack anymore. Fix your problem. <laughs> what yeah. about the guy who gives the woman a heart attack? I've been there see, twice. I, All right. I, can't, I can't speak for that, see. You know what I mean? Because um, on those things, we're kind of like discriminatory because we can only talk about our half. We can't right. reason. Yeah, I can't reason for half of the insane stuff with it. You know? <laughs> uh, I agree my with a lot of what you're saying, okay? I mean, we have to live now, right now, today, and try to make tomorrow better if we can, all right? Pretty we kid. have a lot of things. In our, we have a lot of obstacles. Look. I'm not supposed to get political, but if you, I'm going to put it this way. But <laughs> I think Phil's laughing at me. A few days, or a few days, a few years ago, okay, without mentioning names, okay, because I might be doing that or something. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But, you know, the deal is this, okay, a few years ago, we were in a lot better shape than we are today, all right? We've always had the homeless on the street. This is nothing new, unfortunately, because I was one of them. Hell, I just told you that, okay? We, we've always had, you know, all kinds of horror in our families. Yes, there are many of us who have, not all, but many of us who have. And I do say that as a child, I was horribly, horribly frightened most of my life, which is what brought on panic, okay? So there's your answer right there, horror and fear, it can bring on panic. 
and that ruined my life for years. It, it defined my life. It, it did all kinds of stuff. It, it stopped me from living, okay? That's not the, the answer anymore. I won't stand for it. And what we have to do today, as far as the school system is concerned, there's got to be big change. Are you nuts? You look down, you know whether you're a girl or a boy. This is stupid, all right? If you have trouble with your sexuality, you go and you get help to find out why you have trouble with your sexuality. And you work from there. You don't have people cutting you, mutilating you, changing your body and all this other stuff. Now, if if that was happening during a time when I was in high school, they would have said that I should be a boy and not a girl because I was a wonderful athlete. I was so good at softball that they put me on the baseball team with the guys. I didn't answer that. And when they threw that ball, they weren't throwing the ball at, at the bat. They were throwing it at me. <laughs> they didn't want me there either, okay? I get it. I didn't want to be there. But they didn't know what to do with me because of my athletic abilities. It was just so good, and I won awards and all kinds of stuff. Now, um, no one has the right to this day or back then or whatever to determine the, the sex of a child. I mean, you're born one way or the other, and if you can't deal with that, because I have counseled. I have one sitting in my office all right, at the methadone clinic, I was a counselor there, and I was a counselor in detox in Perth Amboy. I've worked with a lot of people. But I did have a couple that were having problems with their sexuality. Now, by the time I left the methadone clinic, um, that young man was going out with girls. Yes, he was. He said, boy, did I miss a whole bunch in life. <laughs> That's what he said. So you see... The people can be worked with. You don't mutilate their bodies. You don't do that. And people who think they have the right, without saying whom, um, in the system, whatever, the, to say to a little girl, <laughs> or maybe you should be a boy, or maybe you should be a girl, whatever it is, they're, they're just off the wall. And they don't belong in the school system, and uh, they deserve to have their own head examined, Okay. <laughs> to even do such a thing. You know, so, I'm, I'm lucky, Carol. Let me, inter- inter- let me interject something, all right, so all I'll right, make it easy for you so you won't get in trouble tonight. My parents right. was the government. So now you can say anything you want to involving the concept that's created by the government, all right, to keep everyone suffering, et cetera. That is where the answers are going to be found. In order to make mm-hmm. things better, for children of the future, family structure, and the quality of humanity. you got to keep it at there, you know, because it is there. The, the one problem is the government got a foothold into family lives. And so family structure stopped structuring. The quality of humanity stopped developing. And now it can be anything, anything at all, you know. I believe in, um, you know, I I never agreed with peace, the yoga people and the peaceful people, because violence was vitally important to stay alive. Yeah, I get To be prepared for violence was extremely important to stay alive, all right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And that was the world that I came from, 
and it's still me. The wrong person, the wrong act, the wrong whatever, we'll still get that uh, reciprocal response. I'm still going to respond to you with what you give me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, As a way of survival. Um, But uh, as far as being uh, uh, sitting back and constantly going over how we're victims, we've got to move on. We're not victims. All right? What can you do to make a difference? You know, I come from that world, that 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 sort of uh, influence, all right? What can you do? Can you peel potatoes or do you wash dishes good? Can you put out the garbage or are you good at this? What are you good at is the answer to get away from victimization. You can't, you're never going to make it. There's no room. We ain't got no more room for victims. Move out of the way. Go get COVID or whatever, all right? We have to make a difference in family structure and in children and stop all the other excuses. Right. See, because now that I'm, I'm an older person, I've known this for years anyways, is someday I wanted the opportunity where I can make a difference with the family structure and children. I'm so tired of it. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, we should we should gather a whole bunch of people together to violently kick in doors of bad parents and bad people, kick their asses and force them to be the way we think they should be, to have a better humanity, you know? Let me tell you something. You can't do that, but I get it. I, I understand the concept yeah. of what you're saying. Yeah, because how, I, I, I would like to is. do that too, but we can't, yeah, all right? Yeah. So yeah, we have can. to do it in ways that are more civil, okay, in more ways that are civil. And that's okay, why that's we're, we're sort of fucking up, is everything is so civil, 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 yeah, that's a good word for civil. Everything is so civil that it's fraudulent, completely fraudulent. You know, I never mm-hmm. had psychiatric assistance. I've never mm-hmm. talked to a psychiatrist my entire life. I have one that's a good, real good friend of mine. A couple others mm-hmm. are associates or whatever. Mm-hmm. So in my entire life, throughout the entire system, I've never had any of that. Well, Thank I God. think we are. Well, I Thank think God I didn't now. need it. I didn't need it. We have to listen. One thing we have to do, Hank, is give people hope, okay? And you also have to allow for them to feel. I mean, when I finally came out of my feeling of victimhood and started to become a person who was healing, there is a difference. And it's not easy to start to heal. And you have to, I don't, look, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, this is me, okay? The people that abused me knew what the hell they were doing, okay? They knew what they were doing. So uh, I didn't ask for them to say, I'm sorry, because they weren't sorry. They did it because they wanted to do it. They knew what they were doing. They knew it was wrong. And I would never get a straight answer from them anyway. I did approach my brother once, and um, he said to me, oh, you liked it. See, he might as well have been my mother. Oh, this happens in families. See what I'm saying? Same ideas, concept, whatever. So I knew better than to go there again. What we do know is what is right and what is wrong. We know it today. And am I going to let it kill me, you know, with all of the uh, victimhood that you speak about? No, otherwise that would be defining who I am today. And I won't stand for that. That's why I'm on this show. You, You must be in California. 
No, I'm from New York, and I'm in New Jersey right now. Uh, I wasn't born in California. Um, I I see all the stuff that's going on in California on TV. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, you know, just that, um, you know. The lives play with words. Semantics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am defined. First of all, I came out of the womb. And so I have the genetic blood of both the father and mother. The things that right. occurred to me, all right, had my character developed in certain ways. Um, just like children that suffer a lot of anxiety and depression, et cetera, parts of their brain don't develop as a result. That's right. There's a lot of new findings in regards to all that. And so they are made by the circumstances they endure or they go through. They are defined by it. Now, I don't have a liberal definition of define, um, but our lives echo in us, mm-hmm. all right? For some people, it's triggers. They're in nightmares or whatever. And like I said, right. don't they still have that mental institutions where they can put them in a room for a week or something? Because Not uh, really. <laughs> that's what they need, uh, in, in my view. Other than that, we need leaders out here who say, I've gone through this. They don't even have to tell their story. Mm-hmm. I mean, because who wants to keep telling stories, for Christ's sake? It's only one-sided anyways. You need all them other characters to come forward and tell their story. Uh, but we need leadership. We need everyone who's the equal leader to mm-hmm. fight the cause for better family structure and equality of humanity. It's all I've ever said every time I come on the show, in anything I write, and to anyone that I talk to. And there is no interest in that. Instead, their interest is me, 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 and then try to get me hooked on me, me, me. What about you, Hank? What about me? I just told you. All right? What I want to happen is this. This is what I want to happen. To get there, I have to be a dangerous mofo. To get there, I have to be a threatening person. To get there, I have to push people around. To get there, I have to victimize people too. To get what we want may require violence in the future. Why be afraid of any of that? Who wants to sit here? Like I, I often say that women try to make men more feminine. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm highly experienced with thousands of women, all right? that that is an intent, and and it's probably as a way to get along because we're not toxic, like they say. We are completely different human beings, completely different. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there's very little comparison there. It's supposed to come together in a balance once we come together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. other than that, we are two different, completely aliens in this world together. Human beings. There is no equality. I can't be a woman and do all the things women can do. There's no equality. That doesn't exist. All right? That's, it, these are all fantasies we try to take, you know, to make ourselves feel good. You know, like somebody, look, people see this old woman pushing a cart every day here in the city I'm in now. And they're always talking amongst themselves how they stopped and picked her up or whatever. Trust me. I've talked to the woman. She don't want it to be picked up. She's 87 years old. This is how she stays alive. All right? 
Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I asked her is how many men did she kill in her lifetime? You know, she got a kick out of that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the point I'm making is we get too much wrapped up about ourselves, all right? Mm-hmm. Like we're a big victim. We're not a Philip. You're not a victim. We're not victims. It's all, we're not even, look at, I'll step out of the realm right now, all right? And I understand, Carol, you know what I'm up to. I'm stirring things up, all right? I'll step anyway. out of the realm right yeah, I'll step out of the realm right now and say I'm not even a survivor because I ain't finished. And life isn't finished. Why? I, I missed that last part because you're not, I'm not, well, finished. You're not finished. I'm oh, not okay. finished. And life isn't finished. And people ain't finished with me. And there's things in nature that aren't finished happening yet either. So I'm not some old guy sitting here in a rocking chair and everything's fine and Somebody comes and feeds me or whatever. There's your survival. Mm-hmm. All right? There's your survival right there. I'm the active human being involved like a little radical and revolutionary and a militant on police lists, on FBI lists, on other kinds of lists because I associate with everybody mm-hmm. of all walks of life. All right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was advised to stay on them list to, to be watched because that keeps me safe if you know what I mean, in, in an opposite way, all right? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, my approach to this fight is a lifelong fight, is you make a difference for the quality of a family structure and humanity. You do this with proposals of bills and backing the bills. I could propose a bill now, send it to, to all kinds of organizations all over the place, and get hardly any support, and the bill would be a real good bill about family structure, rights for children. People ain't about it. They're not about that. The quality humanity sucks right now. Mm-hmm. They're all looking for a shock. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, the fiber, the human fiber, something is wrong. It's, it's like test two babies or something. They weren't born correctly. They weren't created correctly. You know what I mean? Um, And we're talking millions and millions. And we're talking about power people up above still to this day making decisions on everyone else's life. You know what I mean? Well, yes, I do. I know exactly what you mean. And they have no right to. They have absolutely no no right to. No, they don't. If you can't change that, then, then... you, you have the potential of being a victim. Remember, Barnum and Bailey said there's a victim born every day. All right? Right, right. right. You know? Yes. And, yes which I is do. absolutely true. It's, mm-hmm. it's in human character. And the right. ones who are not victims, if they're smart, they have to have a degree of intelligence, mm-hmm. are those. Well, that's it right there. Okay. The, you can't. Who, the, only, the only thing that I say, the only thing I have to question with everything you're saying, a lot I agree with. But there are things here. When a person is coming out of being a victim, because, you see, I have people that call me in the a.m., and they like being a victim. I can tell. They don't <laughs> want to change, okay? No they, bunch, they're comfortable yeah. where they're at. They're com- and, and, and I end up you know, getting rid of those people. I say, listen, 
um, there's other people on the contact. Let's call them. <laughs> okay. So, right. you know, because I want to move forward, yes, we are we are victims when we're children. We are victims when we're children. And, yeah. um, and we're not anymore. You know, we have to come to the point where we realize that you come to the crossroads, Hank. You come to the crossroads. You're either going to stay where you're at, like these, some of these people are calling me, or if you want to move forward and, and get help, because people do need help, because they okay. have the right yeah. to get help, and they do have reasons to need help, okay, because the way that we did live our lives, by the way that we were beaten, by the way we were raped, by the way we were pimped out, by the way all, all the things, we didn't, uh, neglected everything. Yes, that leaves scars, and you cannot say that it doesn't leave scars because it does. So what you do is you make a decision at those crossroads. Do I want to stay in the past or do I want to move forward? So that's why I'm always telling people that there is hope. And if that means you go and get help from someone, that's fine. I don't care, I don't care what it is. All right? I'd, like you to tell me where, I'd like you to tell me where she is. Um, where she is <laughs> Where she is, yeah Because that, that would be the only hope at this point But uh, um, Yeah, I get what you're saying uh, Your crossroads uh, Blah, blah, blah I understand all of that That's all nice um, But when you're going through things there, there many times isn't a crossroad If you get a crossroad, you're one lucky You're really That's lucky right. yeah, You know sure. what I mean Because yes. the rest the rest of all of us are still fighting till, till we die, which is perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. This is the way it is. And as, you know, I said when I first come on, we got to know while we're talking right now that um, there are millions of children running around in the streets right now at the dark, hustling, stealing, doing what they can to survive. They're on their effing own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's right. That's what... I thought that's what healing's about. Maybe I got the wrong concept because it seems like healing is about me, 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 me. Well, there comes a time about... when you have to tell. Yes, there comes yeah, a time. You... you get what there comes a yeah, time. Yeah, but what it's doing, actions speak louder than words. Right. Actions speak louder than words. Doing something to make a difference is vitally important. Yes, I in healing. That. No. And, but, and also the actions of other people. Like, for instance, when you know that a child is being abused down the street, they're getting beaten up, okay, um, or sexually abused or whatever, maybe all of them. I went through all of them. You probably went through them all, too. Um, you don't keep your mouth shut. And we need a system. We need a system that is going to take those people who are the abusers and put them in jail. And keep yeah, in them Ireland, they, not for two weeks, okay? <laughs> in Ireland, they break their kneecaps so that they can limp the rest of their lives, and everybody would know what they are. You know? Well, I know what you're saying. Something like that. I get it. Well, okay, <laughs> so you like break that. somebody's uh, kneecaps, but they're still out there, and they still have a mouth. They can still uh, torture a child by emotional abuse and, and other things. Yeah. So it's better to put them in jail. So they're away from the yeah. family and, and keep them there because, you see, the guy that kidnapped and raped me, I was one of 14 in that area. 
okay? And uh, he only got three years. And I got into the courtroom, and I saw that monster. I saw that monster. And um, a little girl standing next to me, one of the other victims, and she's a victim. I was a victim. You're a victim when you're there. You bet your sweet ass. And she urinated all over the floor because she was so frightened. She didn't want to see that monster. That monster was out in a year and a half. Yeah. And I'm thinking and they're, to myself. They're all, they're all running government, and they're all the big elitists today. And they're all running Washington and, and uh, Hollywood today. Like that. Yes, yeah, oh, I massive, agree with that. Massive I can have a whole show like on, on, a different, on a different station, okay? Millions. For a different podcast. No, about, I, under it, I'm I talking get about it. Oprah. Is an example. I'm talking about people that you would look and go, oh, that's so nice. I want to puke up and get out of the room. People are so ignorant to how perverse the elite are. They keep, a, they keep the show going. Oh, my God, you couldn't go to a party with these big millionaires and movie stars and, and other kinds of stars without rape occurring there, extreme, where they get you totally fucked up on drugs. Oh, it's it's uh, the, the the high life that people want to live. They don't understand. That is where your most perverse people you'll find them is right up there. That's right. right Look, right up in the. Why world. do you think? Let me say something here because we have a, people listening to us. Why do you think? I mean, we have a certain amount of people who try to get laws changed. They're out there fighting right now. It gets to a certain point, and then they hit. A brick wall. Well, that brick wall might be a pedophile. Okay, With no doubt. And he's in government. No doubt he's all. in government. Yeah. No doubt. I've been saying this for years. I, I and read I about know it. that. It's I know open. this, no and doubt. I know we understand that. We understand it's very hard to get you know Carol, through that. The majority okay? of victims don't care because they've already been a victim. They don't care about the next victim. They don't care about the next person. The majority are sheep. So, I mean, if, if this is just a, for somebody to just come and say, yeah, I was victimized, and you say something to make them feel good, and the affirmation stroke stuff goes on and all of that, well, that's all fine. That sounds like therapy, some kind of therapy to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my involvement mm-hmm. is proactive, all right, potentially mm-hmm. a lot of static. You, you see a lot of you know, aggression coming from me because that's what it's supposed to be. That's well, what it's supposed to be. people should get angry. Listen to me. People should get angry when children are victimized because they are victims at that age. Hopefully, yes, Ep- they, when they get older. Got an ass when they get Epstein. older and, and they can reason and all this other stuff, that's when the Ep- healing Epstein starts and, and they're no pals. longer victims. Yes. Epstein and his pals, all right, should have got ass weapons live on TV. But we don't have the quality humanity to do that. Instead, they run everything. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, look at uh, way back uh, five, six years ago, there was a big sting on Congress, all right, the congressional workers were using, were looking at child porn and everything, and the whole whole thing disappeared. Of course. Everything got silent. Of course. And that's what's Everybody, happening in our government today. Why do you think our country is in such a mess? 
it's been going right. on. That's that's what I'm saying. It's been going on. So those who grew up to be victims, all right, you can sit in the therapist's office or you can join Hank and be actively involved in a revolution, all right, against certain elements of the government in order to change stuff to make it possible. There you have it. Change I'm giving you the secret of how I survived. I gave, I'm Change is starting to happen. Think, listen, how you, have, you, can you have two opposing, you have two opposing uh, people here. We, I don't have to name names. You know who I'm talking about. I'm speaking about, you know, in the government, okay? And, and so they're fighting against each other. This one rats on that one, that one rats on this one, on each side. So now we have to see who's going to win. I know who I want to win because I look back three years ago and I know how our country was, and that's enough for me because that makes common sense. But when we have evil, it's like, almost like um, evil versus, you know, goodness, okay? That's the way it is. Yeah, the it's same. like a, you a, a had battle. The same. See, I don't know where you work, Carol, but in my entire life, uh, nothing's been good by any federal government whatsoever. And I'm talking about, you know, in, in book two that I'm, I'm writing now, I'm talking about these pedophiles, the mm-hmm. elitist pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always been like that. So it doesn't matter who you vote in and all this other, because they're all in the particular places already. You see, you're running for office. I'm going to fi- finance you. I'm the pedophile. See, so yeah. they're in control. Anyway, so you can vote in whoever the hell you want to vote in, but they'll only do what the pedophile pays for. I think with the proper, all right, person in charge, okay, the, the proper president. <laughs> Was that going to be Jesus Christ? No, it's not going to be Jesus Christ. However, again, um, three years ago it was a lot better than it is today, okay? Now there's a reason for that. We have women going into getting baby food. I saw it the other day. They're going in the store, and the baby food jars are not there. Okay? They're not there. So you know why yeah, they're not there? Uh, the Department of Transportation. They're helping, to feed, they're, they're helping to feed all the people that are coming across the border. Yeah. They have children. Yeah, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yes. But I'm talking so about child abuse. care of our own children. And, and pedophiles, right, are mm-hmm. in control already. You don't vote them in. They're already where they're at. It's part <laughs> – look, I forgot who it was, Mick Jagger or one of them. Um, during an interview, they said that the normal lifestyle is impossible when you're rich. You see, even sex is different. Everything gets different. Mm-hmm. When you go mm-hmm. to other countries, it's normal for little kids. Well, this is what I'm trying to tell you. It's already part of the power base. It takes a revolution to fight that. And that's what we need is a whole bunch of victims to finally stop being victims and, mm-hmm. and instead become warlords and start fighting the government for this particular cause, not for anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just for, for this cause. All right. Now I say that because I'm a child. My parents were the government, and there's thousands of child. There's many of them that died already who were raised by the government. 
they didn't have family or they were taken from the family and never returned. That's right. right? The system, mm-hmm. the system mm-hmm. raised mm-hmm. them. And, and mm-hmm. now you have a new kind of, so things didn't get better. You, I'm not talking about yesterday or today. I'm talking about three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen years ago when they started destroying men and churches and family structures so the government could take a foothold. All right. Mm-hmm. Now you have a bunch of victims controlled by the government in almost every single household in the city, especially all the minority and poor. Controlled by the government, and who finances? These people, and particularly, shake hands with them, has sex with them, hangs out with them, snorts coke with them, and drinks with them, is all the worst pedophiles and sex offenders and all them people in the world. There you have it. That's who we're fighting. That's why I think a lot of people, rather than fight, they they would much rather just talk about what they're going through. And and uh, I never got down with that, you know? Well, I, I think they're really trying to heal, that. all right? There are people who are trying to heal, and that's why they, I, they I keep, can't say. You no. Know, I can't say. You know, I, I'm just, yeah. I, I, can, I can speak for them, okay? Um, there are well, people, and that's, that's I can't. And, I, and I'm highly educational. I, I'm qualified. I got d- different degrees, and I'm qualified. And, but that didn't well, do anything for me either. I, I used to work in detention center. Yes, I did. <laughs> so I'm your enemy. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at your bio here. Well, <laughs> well, you know. well, I also worked as a counselor in a methadone clinic and also in, in detox center as a counselor and, and certified through the state, through the Board of Health. Look, I've got my stuff too. But I also have something that's even more important than that. I have common sense, all right? Now, I agree with a lot of what you're saying here. I get it. I've been to a lot of the places you're talking about in my lifetime. But people do come to crossroads. They're either going to want to change or not want to change, and that is up to them to decide which way it's going to be. Now, you can have your revolution, and I'm partly, revolution. A part, I'm, I'm partly a part of that revolution in my brain because I think we have to get a lot tougher. Uh, I don't oh, believe in kicking indoors, and I don't believe in uh, because uh, you know I don't believe in doing that and I'm hanging people or whatever, okay, or, or shooting Look. them or, or stabbing them or whatever. I don't believe in doing that, you know, because they're bad people. I believe in putting them either on an island way out far where they can't touch people and, and let them fend for themselves, okay? They're mass-produced. They're, mass, they're mass-produced. <laughs> it's the only, practically the only, uh, I wish they would do statistics on this, all right? Mm-hmm. Most females, all right, say today, would find men toxic because they've been taught to do that. Masculinity is toxic. So that's telling you right there, you need a feminine-type male, a male that, oh, you're so sweet, you're so lovely. Oh, come here, little girl, you're so sweet. And so the pedophile gets to stay around longer at these homes and commit more of these offenses. We're in a particular area. Let's move back a little bit backwards, Hank. Hank, hold on. I understand what you're saying. But you're talking about, too, the movement. When women took their bras off and threw them, okay, and and that was what was that in the 70s or the 60s, okay, and then they wanted to be looked at as being, you know, equal to men. Now, that's where that started. Don't have respect, 
okay, for your spouse, say, and your spouse doesn't have respect for you, then that's the end of that family. And as far well, you as were, you were talking concerned, about pedophiles in a family and how you could well, put them away or whatever, they're mass-produced well, now. I would love to do that. Did you hear me? But, uh, they're mass-produced now, just like they were mass-produced under the institution of, of Catholic churches and other kinds of churches, sexual, all right, uh, molestation, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Those offenders are mass-produced. It's a systemized thing you're up against. You need to be a revolutionary. So you quickly heal, for Christ's sake. My God, you get a cut, <laughs> spray it, put a Band-Aid on it, and let's get the wall. What the hell's going on with everyone? There are pedophiles all over the world. Now, oh, God, we only have 90 parents, seconds left. And, it's, and it's violent all parents. Over the world, wherever you go, they're everywhere. Pedophiles, there's nothing new about them. Yeah, but what so is what do you good, do? But what it Be is good, what it is good is that we can learn that we can heal. You see, people, they get stuck. They want to stay stuck or they don't want to stay stuck. No. They don't know how to get okay. out of it. And all we can do that's, is that's teach Carol's them. That's stance. You can heal. We'll now you know them. from Carol, through Carol uh, and her resources, you can heal. You want to fight, contact Hank McGrath. All right? But don't come <laughs> crying about your victimization. And don't come crying about being a victim. I don't want to hear it. We've all gone through it. Next. Yeah. I you know, believe, put the helmet I on. Believe, Come on, let's go to war. Okay, you go to war and um, <laughs> watch yourself. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, look, I believe in helping people yet, trying my best to help people. If That's they're good. willing to heal. If they're willing That's to good. heal. They have to put the work in. And if they don't want to put the work in, then I can't help them either. Okay? You know, That's Carol, the way it is. Recent, recent surveys show that uh, a large percentage, we're talking about in the late 70s percent, this is last week, a major survey, thousands of people that uh, believe in angels. So you're an angel. Good job. Well, thank you. People. Well, I do my best. Okay. The show is over. They just turned the light off. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was an interesting show, okay? So I believe yeah. in wanting to get rid of pedophiles, absolutely. And as far as yeah. revolution is concerned, remember, violence breeds violence, and, and we know yeah. that too. No, we've okay. got to be willing to sacrifice. Look at what the book and I say, Carol, right? I don't Because it, it hasn't gone to that level. Well, okay. But I, I, 